Hey, Ryan, we want to remind people that we have uh, created a LinkedIn group for the Digital Broker Podcast. Both Ryan and I monitor the comments and questions that are there. The episodes are posted there. Uh, Comment on a particular episode if there's something you didn't understand, something we didn't explain well enough, a question you might have. Uh, go ahead and leave those comments there, and we'll uh, we'll monitor those, we'll respond to those, and we may post our own questions to you um, well, as you as you uh, go to the group. So, to join, you just go go into the search bar. It's on the top left of that LinkedIn screen. Uh, search for Digital Broker Podcast, and and make sure you choose groups. And then uh, you'll need to request to join, and we'll uh, quickly uh, get that approved as fast as we can. And then you'll be part of that group and able to. Uh, interact with us, ask questions, and let us know what you think. And as we see stuff, we'll give you a shout out, like uh, Olivia Smith. I think she's our like super fan, you know, <laughs> but she had a great, great comment on how to leverage data effectively, and it's something that we'll, we'll have a podcast on. But I think both you and I, Steve, we want to have a community. You know, we don't want to be talking at people. We want to be talking with people. And this is a way that we can build that community. I'm all about collaboration. I feel like you have a collaborative spirit. That's why we get along so effectively. And we want to bring these agencies and these folks that want to help make it better into this space. And so that's what it's about. So I'll try to, 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 to post stuff in there. But please don't be afraid to, to post any questions, anything you want. You know, let's, let's make it really cool for 2019. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, ha- send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, So that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hello, I'm Steve Anderson, here with my co-host Ryan Deeds, and this is the Digital Broker Podcast. Uh, Welcome. We're glad you're here, and thanks for tuning in. Today, uh, Ryan and I are going to talk a bit more uh, where we started with uh, marketing, and uh, what we want to do in this particular episode is a little more tactical aspects of uh, marketing, prospect management, and the platforms. How do you go about doing it? And, you know, what are some of the considerations that uh, your uh, organization should be looking at in terms of managing that and, and managing it well? I think it's daunting, right? So if I'm if I'm a traditional agency, I'm sitting back and I see all of Obviously, I'm very aware of digital marketing because I've been digital marketed to a lot, (laughs) right? Um, Haven't we all? That's right. But I can't quite correlate as a principal owner, you know, 
how I take advantage of that in a way that is profitable, that it's manageable, that's replicatable. And I'm also come from an old, older school where it's all relationship driven, right? So those are some of the things we have to climb up before we actually get in the saddle. And you have producers who are kind of doing their own thing, uh, and they're tracking some, I mean, they're keeping track of prospects in some way, shape, or form, be it an Excel spreadsheet or literally just note cards or, I mean, I literally have seen just about any aspect or, or uh, idea of how to track information. Who did I talk to? When did I talk to him? What did I say last? What's my next appointment? I mean, all, all of the tactical aspects of you know, the marketing process. When should I call somebody back up? I talked to them. They said, hey, touch base with me a few months before. How do I remember to do that? Um, yeah. And I mean, I think that's a challenge. You know, one of, I thought it was cool. You know, we built that checklist tool, which we've talked about multiple occasions, but a producer saw that, that worked with us. And he said, hey, I think I can leverage that tool as a tickler for my prospects as I put them in. And what he did, he created like a 120-day validation schedule. So he would meet a prospect, he would get their card, he would put their card in the system, he would send them an article a week after they met, he would send another thing, you know, uh, two weeks after that. Um, and then he would kind of keep going down this path. We'd well, created in that, that tool, but you could create that in Excel or wherever, right, or your CRM. But I think that the CRM depending on who you are as an agency, is it, it's about how much you've adopted that. But I, I think a lot of it's about the producer and what they want to use, you know, and how they're doing that. Well, let me push back on that. Is it up to the producer to decide what they want to do, or is it up to the organization to create the process that the producer is part of? I think that's the perfect scenario. I mean, a, a producer would probably rather come into. 500 leads that the organization has generated and be able to work their day. I just, I, I haven't seen that work like that very effectively. I would agree with that. Is that because it's never been done that way? Or is there something different within the insurance agency industry versus literally almost every other industry that actually has a defined process and define place for all that information. So obviously I'm, I, right, no, this, I mean, is a, this is an irritating point for me. Right. From my experience, our marketing and sales process is whatever the producer wants to do. That, that's, now, that's a little strong, but you, and you've seen, I mean, okay. So, and I think that, that it's going to be dependent upon. So if I'm a, if I'm a producer that's putting up $250,000 a year, am I exempted from your sales process? That. And right now, the answer probably is yes. That's correct. And so then does that make it difficult for me to then apply that sales process to individuals if that is called, if, if I'm a person that's putting up 250 and I'm called a producer and I'm a person that's putting up 50 and I'm called a producer, do I have a challenge creating accountability at both of those levels? No question in my mind. Yeah, me too. And so that's really why. And, I, and I think the other aspect, if, if you have a, somebody putting up 250 a year, they're doing something right. How can we learn from that and replicate whatever they're doing? Are there things that can be replicated so that that 50 producer can learn from the process that that successful producer does? For me, that's part of the organization as a whole, maximizing the resources they have available and applying them across 
And now I have a new producer coming in. Let's say they're completely outside the industry. They're coming in. We've got our validation. We've got our training. We've got, but do we have a process in terms of marketing and sales to put them into to help them be successful. Right. So no. we churn through new producers. Yeah, I would say the vast majority of our listeners then now. So you're talking about a success, a good onboarding processor for producers that allows them to, generally it's sink or swim. And the, the agencies that are able to get more people to sink or swim are the ones that are able to outproduce the great producers more effectively. And could it be better, I, you know, I, I am biased here, but could it be better if I actually had a process to plug that, not just the onboarding, right, but actually, okay, here's how we market and sell in our agency. If you do these things, and we will help you because you will be part of our system now, um, how much more successful would they be and how much more successful would the organization be to meet their sales goals? See, you can I, push back no, on it. That's well, okay. no, and I and I think that I think you can take a mediocre salesperson, apply a process to it, and make them a decent salesperson. I think that those individuals that rise above, that are really putting up numbers, big numbers, those are folks that have invested in their craft. They understand the business ramifications of insurance and how that pertains to their segment, and they're able to articulate that effectively. Now that's somebody that, and then they have, I mean, the things that I always see in a, in those producers are a sense of urgency and a hunger, right? Those are not replicatable. Pro those, those are character traits that, that you can find in very few individuals to make it all synergize. Cause so many of those guys are alpha as heck. And to get the few alphas that are willing enough to listen, to sit back, to understand that's where that, that is. And um, so I think it's really hard for to take a good producer and make them that. I think a process though can take a cadre of mediocre producers who are putting you know fifty to seventy five up and get them to put one to one twenty five up. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And is that enough? Creating the processes work, right? So I'm not and and there's some expense involved and. What I seem to see over and over again is, and, and actually the best example is, you know, an organization puts Salesforce in because, you know, we want transparency, we want all our prospects in here, and yeah. if it's not in Salesforce, it doesn't exist, and all of that kind of stuff. And then a year, two years later, you talk about utilization, and it's 10%. Well, and then my, quite, my first question would be, what was your negative ramification for noncompliance, and what was your carrot, Right. So I've never seen a CRM work, and I've done 11 over my career, and it's a, it's an area that I could get extremely um, in the weeds with. But I won't let you get two in the weeds, but we can go some in the weeds. <laughs> I've never seen it work unless you don't pay producers for putting stuff in there. I, I agree. So there has to be some kind of neg – and then I also think there's a delineation between validating producers, you know, qualified producers, and then superstar producers – because oftentimes that superstar producer that is putting up 250, you know, that person is a is a chaotic ball of of energy that you have to wrap stuff around to make them fall into a process. So you may allocate additional staff to help them comply with the corporate directive because I think that strategically it's important to keep your prospects in your client list and to understand who's going after what. Because you don't want, you know, producer X going after this super large client in your environment without your knowledge where it could sour the opinion of the agency 
where and if the if you if CEO if you would have known about it you would have probably hopped in that to help go close that thing. So mm-hmm. in some of the agencies I've been a part of the prospect list was also a legal thing, right? Like if it's in the prospecting system if producer X leaves they don't have a right to it. And so they would mandate get your stuff into the system especially during like the recession when all everything was kind of going crazy. Right. You know, that was, that was a, uh, it was almost like an offensive tool that we use to, to help say, no, these are ours. You, if you're going to go on your own way, these are under the two year non-compete. Mm-hmm. Don't go after it. You know? Right. Yep. But no, I like it from a standpoint of transparency and what are you working on? I just, I think it is a hard slog to. So, so let's go back just a second. If you could identify one, three, I don't know what top reasons why the CRMs, and and again, let's be clear here, CRM, customer relationship management, software platform, prospects go in, you put information about when you contacted and notes and follow-up reminders and things like that. If you could identify what are the top factors for why they failed, that's a lot that have failed. And by the way, I think that's probably not unrealistic for most organizations. It's the recording of work done. That's the problem. The, the CRM fails typically because it's the recording of work that's already been completed. Meaning? So I make a call to Bobby. I'm a producer. I, I'm about to go get on the phone with Sally. Well, now I got to go back into the CRM. I got to record that I called Bobby. I got to put some notes in there. If the system, and I've seen some things that, that, that are trending in this direction, if the <clears> system <throat> automatically said, hey, you know, they've called Bobby. The, here's a recording of what they talked about. Here's the emails that were sent back and forth and it automatically captured it. I think your compliance would be a lot better because obviously you're creating some kind of implementationless thing. But I think that so often it fails. And it doesn't take work. That's right. To do it. Well, and it's a different kind of work. Your producer is generally not a details-driven individual. The thing that they want to do the least is to fill out paperwork of any kind. Right. Digital or not. They, they want right. to be shaking hands, having lunches, doing stuff, making business decisions, stuff like that. I mean... To put that lion in a little cubicle and say, hey, go fill this out, it really, really brings out the the worst part of them. So they don't do a great job of that. Um, I mean, I think when you look at why they have failed, and then obviously I think because of reoccurring book. I mean, reoccurring book is a gigantic reason. If I'm a million-dollar producer and I'm getting 25 points on my book of business and I have you know a decent retention rate, I'm walking into a $250,000 salary. Right. I only have to put up just 100 by showing just up. by showing up. That's correct. Correct. And, if I and that's up, one of the downsides, yeah. one of the benefits and one of the downsides in terms of uh, growth and, right. Well, that's that's the job of the operations team and the leadership to figure out how do you incentivize and how do you pull off renewal work from that organization. I mean, that's where you start to see some steps towards operational excellence, right? Mm-hmm. But to think that a producer is going to be able to handle, here, we're going to give you 30 leads, you've got a renewal book, you've got all this other stuff, and we want you to continue to enter stuff in the system. What are they going to prioritize, you know, and is it going to be sales? Because that's really what you want them to be. That's what right. they're going to be judged on, right? right? Yep. So, because if I have a producer come in that's brand new that sells a hundred grand in six months and doesn't touch the CRM, and I have a producer that comes in and sells 10 in the first six months and fills out everything in the CRM, there's very, they're probably very different people. Yeah. You know? So a couple thoughts. One is, I think our old concept of CRMs, Absolutely, the data entry is the is the barrier to use. Uh, what I seem to be seeing is because of better technology, more and more of that data entry is being done as a byproduct of the work. So let me give you a quick example. Just literally a few days ago, 
I saw a, a marketing system for call follow-up, right? So let's say I've touched with a prospect and uh, they've said, hey, call me back in you know two weeks. Right. Dashboard, producer logs in, all they see is what calls do I need to make today? Right. Name, literally a button that dials, vo- yeah. VoIP, right? And then on the right-hand side, here are all the potential results of that call. Right. Left message, uh, not interested. Contact again in X, and here's the day, you know, number of days, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. So literally, they are clicking in this case, and all of the background processes are being done automatically. So they click, they're done, next call comes up. Right. So they're cranking through calls but and, and touching. Like a- I mean, you could almost, if that was your engine, you could almost separate that out from the closing role, mm-hmm. right? Because yes, now this is, I've, this is the follow-up, follow-through. Right. This, this is my is, dripping. Uh, this is the marketing, again, right. to kind of remind people. So marketing is the getting a prospect to, in most cases for agencies, certainly on larger account, is getting the prospect to say, yes, I agree to meet with you. Right. So a lot of work that goes on in getting to that first opportunity, that place. what I call the first appointment, right. right? Let's explore and see if this year is the right year for us to work together. Right. And the more I can do that and automate that process, the better off the results will be and the better quality the appointment will be when I have that first appointment. But the barrier is all the work that has to be done. And you're right. Producers aren't deta- typically aren't detail-oriented. You know, they're, they're going and blowing. A lot of them actually really good on the phone and making those calls and keeping up and those kinds of things. How can a system be able to help them with the documentation that happens right. in, the, in the background? Well, let me, let, me, um, let me ask this question. So we've talked about Salesforce as a, and we've talked about CRMs and there are literally thousands of them available in different aspects. Um, some of the interesting ones, I keep testing ones, but uh, a new one, actually an app on my phone, uh, takes your contact and automatically based on email address, a- appends additional information and then searches kind of online news and will highlight uh, news items that may impact them or be relevant to them. The goal there is as a touch point. Oh, let me, hey, I saw this article, thought you'd be interested in it. It's about sure. your industry. Uh, well, right? it shows that, Val, I mean, <clears throat> exactly. I mean, it's what producers should be doing, right? Because the sales cycle is so long in insurance, in my opinion, they should be touching a prospect every quarter at least with relevant information that shows that they understand that business. Correct. You know, and so... Yeah, we've, that, that's I've, that's my comment. I think I said in a prior episode the follow-up failure. Right, right. Most producers, oh, you don't want to talk to me till three months before, you know, expiration. Great, I'll put a reminder, and they don't do anything in the interim. And then you call back up to try to get an appointment. And it's like, who are you? All right, why my, should I talk to you? And my pitch to producers is like, always be the person that they want to second that they know enough when they get irritated with their current agent or they hit a thing where they don't know that they that you're at least you're in their mind. To call as a, hey, can I bounce this off of you? What was that commercial? Was it Avis? We want to be number two? Yeah, that's right. Right? That's that, right. I mean, I, honestly, I think you you just said yeah, that, and that's, that's exactly right. the position you want to be in. Because, frankly, that agent is going to screw up at yeah. some point. All day. At some point, they now, will have some kind of... still doesn't mean you get the account. It could right. be a long-term relationship. could be golf buddies, right? All the reasons we know why an account won't move. However, 
you have an opportunity. Right. And well, then and you I determine think, from there. And the sales cycle, I mean, I've seen these sales cycles for large accounts go three, five years. Oh, where, easy. You know, where you're having to do this. And so, again, one of the things you kind of, that you start to allude to then is this pipeline, this pipeline management of short-term maybe wins, of long-term maybe wins, and of really, really long-term stuff, right? Yeah. Because it, your really long-term stuff, if you have enough in your pipeline, at some point is going to turn into short-term stuff. Correct. And again, for me, that's automating that ongoing touch process. And it's not all, actually, it shouldn't be all email. It should right. be email. It should be physical mail. It should be a phone call. And again, that's where a platform, the right platform can help you identify the right tools combination to use or allow you to design the right process for, for your organization. Well, we worked on a project for like four months last year trying to bring in an outsourced sales company that wanted to, that, that was going to identify niches. We would say these niches, they would pull a prospect list. They would then start the the whole campaign mm -hmm. for us. Right. So they would make the cold email and then two weeks later they'd make the cold, the warm lead call and ultimately deliver back. And so it was interesting going through the process that they had put in place because yeah. they had a very defined process for it. Um, we ultimately found that the leads were not quality enough for us to go that direction, but it did give us enough insight to kind of emulate that in a very small way inside the organization, mm -hmm. you know? And so, yep. but I do, I think there's a lot of different thoughts about that. And I think there's two different sides. Like right now we're really talking about producer marketing. I think there's a whole nother aspect of non-production marketing. Right. Right. I mean. And that's kind of the traditional or at least been around a while business development manager or, or the agency uh, process for how do we develop prospects, right? How do we, how do we get rid of the ones we know aren't going to be the right ones? How do we nurture the ones we think are good prospects for us? And again, I agree with you over a long period of time. Well, I think about this Hanover program. I mean, okay. So, so if you, if you had a good marketing process internally, Hanover just came up with this like a 70 line Raider instant quote thing that you can do, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just, for an example, they have yoga instructors. Well, if you wanted, and they will do it all, right? They will do, they will write it, they will bind it, they will then service it in a service center. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is connect the buyer with the product, but you can't do that. You, and you have 70 of these that Hanover has ready for you to rock and roll. If you can put together a landing page, Right. If right. you can put together something to drive folks to that, if you can generate content that resonates, hey, yoga instructors, these are the three top risks that we see associated with you. Here's a white paper on a loss that some yoga instructor had. We'd love to have a talk with you about this. Are you protected? Check this out. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure. But just to get that stuff created internally is a it, it takes a lot of time and energy because you got to designate an individual. You've got to well, and, and actually, the, I think the first issue is you've got to have somebody who understands the process. Mm -hmm. I mean, a landing page. Okay, what's that? Right. What do you mean a, a PDF or a case study? How do, how do you even write? I mean, I, th there are a lot of kind of steps along that way. The, the potential is once you do it for yoga instructors, you can do it for anybody. Well, and you're going to continue. Well, I guarantee you <clears throat> this. If you did five campaigns, so if you went and looked in your demographic area, about the most populous small business, stuff that your agency might never really think about writing because it's challenging and it takes too much time. There's a lot of tools out there now you can leverage 
And if you did learn on yoga, by the time that you got to your fifth one, it would be a much different. The, it the would lessons be copy and learned. paste. I mean, it would be right. right. And the lessons learned would be so significant. Correct. But you what worked, worked, what didn't work, what. Right. But that yeah. is a strategic thing. You got to come in and say, okay, we're going to give this a year. We're going to work through this. We're going to try different tools. We, you know, we're going to meet monthly. We're going to talk about what's winning. How do we track it back? I mean, and, and I think that it's daunting as heck. And so most of the time it's just, yeah, producers go generate your stuff. Yeah. So a couple things. Uh, one is I want to bring this up. I'm actually working with an agency right now who has, who is targeting workers' compensation, high mod, state risk pool. Got a whole program in place, being extremely successful. What's fascinating, so we talk a lot about the digital. I just want to throw this in. What's fascinating is 76% in 2018, of their written accounts came from direct mail letter. Mm. You know, mm. so I, I just want to interject here as we talk about kind of marketing. It's where you're at, right? It, it, and it, and it's, a, it's a real in-your-face letter, but they're having great success with that. What they're not doing well is those that didn't respond, they're not staying in touch. Right. And so actually I'm helping them think through Okay, how do we create a process for that one-year, two-year, three-year follow-up so that that lead can be nurtured, your name's still out there, all of those kinds of things. Right. So something we haven't talked about, and we need to put it in here because we've talked about Salesforce and some other CRM platforms. What about an agency management system? So, I mean, I have philosophical challenges with producers entering data into agency management systems. I really don't ever want to see my prods in an agency management system, you know. I, because? That, because You don't they, trust them? No, it's not about not trusting <laughs> them. It, it, it's really not. It's about <clears throat> match the individual with, with the passion that the individual is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, And mm -hmm. so a producer, if they're having to get into the CR, if they're having to get into your agency management system, then your analytics stack isn't good enough. I mean, that's, that's exactly what I would think, right? I mean, okay, you got to explain that analytic stack. What do you mean? Like, if, if your producer has to go into your agency management system to discover to stuff find some information about a risk, then and that's the only way, and they can't. Uh, then I, I, in my opinion, you haven't devoted enough time to creating an environment of analytics where they can access that data at any point in time. And and that's what you did in terms of allowing the producer using Slack, right? Right to access the information they need about an account or dashboard or a I dashboard mean, or, yeah there's yeah. a million ways to solve that i think that the the key indicator is if you have producers that you're picking up seat licenses for that you are paying operationally they log into the system to reference data that 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 is that, that's just an indicator of where you where some things you might need to shore up with the crms most of them are designed to be mobile compliant, easy to enter. Mm -hmm. Some of them will get your GPS coordinates and say, this is where I was. And so it, it turns it, it like, you know, if we can turn the action, if you can record me walking into a place, shaking a person's hand, having the, the pitch there when, when I walk out and it says, Bob was here for 45 minutes and it was an automatic entry. My data is going to be a lot better than me having to go back to the agency or my house log into the system and enter the stuff. Well, and actually it's not going to happen. Right. I mean, right. It, 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 that, that's the breakdown in terms of capturing that kind of information and making it actionable. But I would say that Salesforce, <clears throat> I mean, I've seen more, if I walk into a group of partners, uh, you know, agencies and say, who has Salesforce? Almost every one of them raises their hands. 
And if I say who uses it well, almost no one of them raises their exactly. hands. Exactly. I see. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, it, it's... So there's a disconnect somewhere. And I think trying to figure out where that disconnect is... It's because technology is not an easy button. It's. I mean, it comes back to poor implementation. I, I really believe that. Is it, it poor implementation or poor expectations or poor... Um, I think all of it. I, culture. There's, there's no accountability. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's... But but I guarantee this: if they're having a challenge with a CRM and maximizing the effect, uh, effectiveness of that, that's not the only software they're having challenges with. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. It's just it's very prevalent because it's always on the minds of the the decision makers in the organizations because they want to see the pipeline. Mm -hmm. They just don't. It, it's it's less apparent the inefficiencies that account managers may have in the leveraging of the agency management systems because it's not in their face all the time. Right where a CRM or a lack of utilization is in their face all the time. And mm -hmm. so I just think it's indicative of that, of technology not being leveraged appropriately. We're going to go buy Salesforce. Now we have a CRM war done. No, hell no. Yeah. You're going to go buy a Salesforce, then you're going to iterate over it for 18 months and you're going to fire people that don't use it. And you're going to reward people that do use it. And you're going to not pay folks that don't put stuff in there. And then you're going to be able to say, yes, I use it marginally well as right. you iterate through getting it correct. I mean, and and all of those are real mindset shifts yes. that have to take place. So it's a management of the technology, not the platform. Itself. So much. I mean, and I am I, the 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 longer I am in the industry, the more somebody asked me last week, where do we need more technology? And my gut reaction is <laughs> like, God, we don't need we more don't. <laughs> technology. We can't even eat the technology that we have in front of us right now. We we need you to slow down and help us consume this to value. Right. And so, and that's, that when we see a CRM, I mean, that's the thing that I get asked more than anything else. What CRM is going to work for me? I've had five. They've all failed. Show me the right one. It's not about the tech. No, it's not about, the, it, it, there's a reason all five failed. That's and right. it's not, it's the all of them were capable. Yeah. It's the accountability mechanisms <clears throat> that you put in place for there. And it's the exceptions that you create and it's calling a senior tour producer, the same thing as a regular producer. I, I would have delineation in my titles for accountability metrics because if you have a producer that is expected to enter stuff in the CRM and then you have a high, 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 you know, somebody that's just killing it that's not, call them different titles so mm -hmm. you can hold accountability the same. Same. Yeah. Senior tour guy, call a senior tour guy. And so I, I see that helps occasionally because then you can have your producers that are actually going to net value out of a CRM all called the same thing and you can hold them all accountable. Great. Well, marketing, it's a key, <laughs> it is. key area of agency operations. You've got to have that uh, coming in and uh, new business generated and being able to track so you know what's working and what's not working, what, what to add more resources to, what to take away resources from. Um, so setting it up correctly is, uh, is key. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or comments, uh, go to the LinkedIn Digital Broker Podcast group. Leave some comments there. We uh, certainly monitor that and would love to interact with you. If you have any suggestions for other topics or shows you'd like to hear about, uh, we can also uh, use that group as a, a way to communicate with us. So, uh, Ryan, great talking with you today. You too, Steve. Always fun. Everybody have a great day. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Post your questions and comments at the Digital Broker Podcast official LinkedIn group page. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies.
Indio allows agencies to turn their application and renewal process into a fully digital, modern customer experience. The platform comes armed with a preloaded database of smart digital insurance forms and applications, an e-signature solution, auto-generated proposals, and secure document sharing. To learn more about Indio, go to www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's useindio.com slash podcast.